Lucy and I find out what it takes to head all things digital and innovation globally at one of the world's largest and coolest drinks brands and what it means to take it to the next level. I want to talk a little bit about failure because it's a word not a lot of my clients like. It's a word lots of my colleagues don't like. But, you know, there's this old age saying, you know, you can't have innovation without failure. I think there's another, I think there's another actually more important thing that drives innovation, which is a question I'm going to ask you in a minute. It's just around psychological safety. I don't talk about failure. I talk about de-risking and learning. And when I go and talk to clients, I talk about actually how innovation is a de-risking process because you don't spend $100 million on something you think is going to work. You spend a million dollars and then another million dollars and then five million dollars on evidence-based experimentation and real world doing and application of something that you think is going to be impactful. And to your funding point, you only release the next stage when you know that it's been successful or not. And if it's the or not, you decide what you do next. And so you, when you get to the hundred million investment, you've got so much more evidence and you've got such a stronger base of the decision-making process to make. How do you deal with the the big Diageo and that process? And kind of what have been some of the learnings and sort of things that you look back on and have said that's really helped you change the game in being able to bring Diageo on the journey, as you talked about earlier, the consumers, the, the larger Diageo need to come on that journey with you? Yeah, and I, I really like that phrase around de-risking as a good one. I'm going to borrow that. Um, <laughs> Because I think you're right, and it's quite um, sort of comical how often we'll have an innovation partner agency, and they they use that sort of supposed silicon mantra value of, of failing fast, right? And and in a, in an organization like Diageo, where a majority of the people spends their time trying to optimize to de-risk, right? Failure is is never really something you want to praise. I think it's about this the speed of learning and understanding, um, and that and to the earlier point, if you if you're clear on the hunting grounds or on the problems you're trying to fix for the organization, right? And you do very targeted experimentation to go after that. Then the worst thing that happens is you, you like you eliminate a way of, of how it doesn't work, right? But you're always gonna have learning in that space that you can build on to, to, to do that. And I think um, like a lot of organizations, there's often actually the senior leadership that really gets that, that there needs to be um, experimentation in these spaces as long as it's strategically aligned with what the organization is there to do. I think often where you get the innovation barriers is sort of the mid-level, those people who hold the, the, the PNL and who are very worried about their quarterly results and next, next quarter results. So there then I think it's a question around how do you incentivize these people? How do you take them on the journey? How do you, um, you know, make sure that that top down, there's a culture that really enables that type of innovation and that in the case of Diageo, um, I'm really happy with how, you know, our, our global leadership team does that and really embeds that culture. Um, and we, we are in an industry where you see for CPG environment a fair amount of innovation, but where it's really, really enabling that. Um, and then it's my job or my team's job in, in that area to really make sure that we have very clear narratives that we share in the right way, that we make it really accessible, what it is that we're driving, that we're going after, what the results are and sharing that. 
and to your point, being really open about the learnings, right? And around what doesn't work. And that's um, one of the things we see too. I think the, um, the importance of us being really involved in that and often driving the bus rather than trying to outsource it. Because that's something I see a lot of organizations do and where they rely on agency partners, for example, to drive a bit of innovation. The problem you have, I mean, there's some brilliant agency partners who can have these long-term relationships where they're really transparent about it. Most agency partners, um, the idea of test and learn or admitting failure is, is, is not helpful for their business model, right? They're trying to sell you more work and scale it up. So for them to, to admit that something didn't work or be completely transparent about that, you need a, a brilliant relationship, which happens very rarely. So we're the, in the way we work with the partners um, and that transparency of how we, how we process what went wrong and how we build on that, I think that's a really, really key part of really just focus on the learnings, creating learning plans, and being really transparent in the organization of, of what the objective is of doing something. And there are a lot of classic things where we've gotten better at over the years, um, really defining what is the outcome everyone wants. In an organization, you often have one project with five stakeholders who all have different objectives, right? So getting everyone around and saying, this tool is supposed to do X. We define, we define success by us beating this benchmark. If we do, it would unlock this and that, and you guys will be our partner, our sponsor on the journey. So um, really trying to take some of the ambiguity out of that journey and really making it about that learning plan. You mentioned a couple of minutes ago that you think that the Diageo Global leadership are really good. So I want to know why you think they're really good at enabling innovation. What do you think some of the ingredients of leadership attitude is, I guess, is my first question. And then secondly, I found, I don't know whether you found that it, it's an interesting position to be in with our roles because you end up coaching people who maybe have like 30 years more experience of running a business about how to lead in this area. So how do you do that? I spend a lot of time with CEOs and boards. I'm sure you spend a lot of time with the board of Diageo kind of going and trying and saying like, this is why we want to invest in this beyond the bottle kind of innovation. What are some of your sort of tips and tricks on, on the best way to go about that? So I guess first question is, what is some of the right attributes of attitude that you think yeah. Diageo and other leaders portray? And then secondly, how do you sort of, I suppose, do the upwards coaching? Yeah, so I think um, the, the reason why I think a lot of our leaders are good are because they, I think, fundamentally realize how quickly everything is changing around us, the external landscape, and that they're not going to be an expert in all of this in certain areas. They want to learn and they want, want to continue to learn but they also want to enable parts of the organizations to go after it and get, get smarter and better at it. And they're really open to having that dialogue, right? And I think that's really attitude. I think we talked about earlier a bit about the importance of that, of that empathy, right? And that's not just for innovators, that, that's for leadership as well. And the, the, the humbleness and the willingness to always continue learning, right? So I think that's a, that's a key point. Um, and and where where it's a culture where I feel the door is always open. If I want to put in time with you, you know whoever it might be, our CMO or somebody say, okay, I think we really need to get get smarter on X. They'll be open to have that conversation, and they will start the conversation with saying, you know, I assume I know nothing about this. Just give me your view of that, and they're respectful of that, and then 
give me the the you know the, the feedback the context of the bigger business i need to to make that assessment so i think it's that that dialogue that's um that's really important um from my side i think it's um it's being very very focused on what i bring to these people um really distilling it down to to what is the one thing that i think this will fix for us always framing it in a consumer or business context right so again i would never lead with saying oh here's this technology there's something here i would say you know we should look at that technology because my hypothesis is it can fix x for us and this is what i know so far this is what i want to do to for us to get smarter on it right um, so we don't do any um, startup safaris. We don't do um, any any of these kind of things. We also don't run sort of big external PR accelerator programs. We're, we're very much focused on just fixing problems for the business. And I think that then comes with a certain credibility and we're really targeted. We don't always need to bring everyone on board. We need to bring these stakeholders on board that can really help us unlock something. So we're really targeted in that approach, um, not trying to waste anyone's time or, or just doing you know, these, these broad sort of nice uplifting sessions. Because um, I think often we, we see just the complexity of the areas we're working in. It's not incredibly helpful to have you know, a one hour intro by a top partner. You need to have a very targeted ask and a very, very targeted conversation. So that would be, I think, one of my top advices on just um, trying, trying to manage that. Real stories curated with love for you.